it's painstaking. There are highs and lows and good days and bad days. And no, I'm not talking about marathon training. I'm talking about getting and staying sober. This is the Lucy Beatrix Podcast. Thanks for tuning in. On my show, I talk about everything from my past life as a fashion model on the covers of magazines to my life now as an athlete where I'm training towards a big goal at the Chicago Marathon in just two weeks. But today's episode isn't about modeling and it's not about running. It's about sobriety and where I am on the path to staying sober. Thanks for coming back to the show, everybody. Uh, This is a very candid honest episode about my sobriety path and if you followed me for a while you know that I'm pretty open about my story of getting sober over three years ago and what that looked like having a rock bottom entering a program and getting through the entire pandemic basically uh, as a sober person and I got quiet about my sobriety for a reason if you know you know that I uh, had a relapse. I actually had a couple relapses. Um, I had two relapses in the past year. And while I didn't make it to my three-year mark um, after I initially got sober, I've learned a lot from these instances. But before I get into details about what I'm learning and my recovery story, I want to just say that I'm treading very lightly with how I talk about sobriety versus how I used to. Because a lot of you guys actually have found my podcast from the piece that I wrote for Tracksmith um, about getting sober and how that sobriety also fueled my competitive running side. It was almost like the second I got sober, I was able to have the lucidity to, to join track and start doing track workouts and stumble upon this talent that I have as an athlete and get decently fast to then have these other dreams come out of nowhere. So it's interesting for me to see how my story resonated with a lot of people and that's why I want to share my sobriety story. But I also have to keep myself in check with that because I don't have the answers and I don't want any one person out there to hear my sobriety story, get inspired, and then suddenly have their sobriety too entangled or Um, enmeshed with my story where if they find out that I ultimately had relapsed, that that somehow deflates their sobriety story, if that makes any sense. I guess what I'm saying is, is that I don't want your sobriety to be dependent on anyone else. And if you know a thing or two about going into recovery, you know that it has to come from within. And it has to be a personal choice that you make that no one else can make for you. So a little synopsis I'll give you is that as um, somebody who was living here in New York City for over a decade, I got lost in this world. And I I started to find myself um, drinking too much, uh, way, way too much. And, um, you know, woke up after one too many nights and realized I don't want to do this anymore and I asked for help this was in May of 2019 I called upon a friend who brought me to a program which should rename nameless but I'm sure you can guess what it is 
Um, and I, that was the first time I ever went to a meeting and met people in the community of recovery and got sober. I started my day count of counting days dry, of not drinking, not doing any substances except for um, caffeine. And um, yeah, but so like no alcohol, no weed, no drugs of any kind, just getting sober. And um, so that was really, that was such a big shift in my life. May 13, 2019, that was one of the most important days in my life because I felt like it was like a new chapter and a new beginning. And in that moment, I didn't know if I was going to stick with it, but I knew that what was working, well, what I was doing before was not working and I needed a change. So I made that change and I got sober and I stayed sober for two and a half years. But then last year, last winter, um, I relapsed. And what I was a, you know, there was a series of events that led to that moment. But what I'm unpacking and learning about now is what led to that point and as well as how I was able to bounce back and kind of had a couple um, tests in my sobriety that ultimately got me back on track to now where I have um, six and a half months back sober. So here's the thing. I have, don't have the answers, like I said before. And I would say that over, learning how to be a sober person in this world has been a process. It's the same way that I would describe how I learned how to eat or how I like learned how to fuel my body in a way that serves me. Um, it's the same with how I've learned how to get and stay sober. And I would say the biggest thing that has been so important to me lately is having that connection with a community of sober people. And so, you know, they say that your willpower is only so strong. Like, yes, you can will yourself to stay on a rigid diet, for example, but at some point, after a few months of eating the same thing every single day, you're going to see those brownies and just go ham. At least that's the that's the idea that I've gotten with this, I, this relationship with willpower of it's a muscle that only works for so long. I feel like the same thing works with sobriety where if you are going to get and stay sober, you need to surround yourself with people who... Um, Sorry, I have to make this quiet. Um, You need to surround yourself with people who are tethered to the same goal of staying sober. And I've learned that in this community that I'm in of people who stay sober, that that involves checking in even when you don't feel like it. Um, I, I definitely... I'm definitely one of these people who thinks that I have all the answers in life. I think that I know everything. I'm a know-it-all. And I admit that. That's one of my character defects. I'm I'm the oldest of five daughters. And I think from the time I was born, I've always kind of assumed this leader role of like, okay, to my little sisters, okay, I know what's best. I know how this works. I know the way. I know this. I know that. I'm a know-it-all. And I realize that, that in sobriety, That kind of thinking does not work. I've had to do the opposite and flip everything I know upside down and reevaluate everything. And I think that that's been really amazing. And it's, it's trickled down into how I approach 
everything in my life because I think for so long I assumed I knew everything or I had all these answers. But now as I faced um, the humbling reality of relapsing and wanting to get myself back to where I was and um, move forward with faith that I'm not going to do that again, I've had to hand over my sobriety to other people, whether that's fellows and peers in my community or um, a sponsor. And I guess what I'm getting at is that To be totally honest, in the very beginning of my sobriety, everyone in the program that I'm in always told me to get a sponsor and I didn't feel like I was ready. I felt like I wanted to hold on to these like these these things that I know and I I didn't want to have anyone else try to convince me of thinking about things in a different way or God forbid make me work the steps or the 12 steps which you might you might know of are the steps to lead towards um living a sober life and um so I finally after going to enough meetings and hearing the same message over and over again I finally got a sponsor and I had heard Rich Roll who's someone I look up to in the sober community he's an athlete he's um someone who I've seen as like this mentor I've heard him talk about having a sponsor and I've heard about heard other um, of my mentors talk about having sponsors. And I specifically heard that with a sponsor, you want to find someone who has what you have and you resonate with them in some way. But you know, they, they have something you want and you, but you relate and resonate with them in some way. And you look at them as like, okay, this is somebody that has like the idea of a life of something that I aspire to have. Um, that I'm I'm inspired by and that's the person that you want to sponsor you so I was at a a meeting uh, about a month ago a little over a month ago I think it was actually almost two months ago at this point and I heard someone speak and I heard what I want in I heard what I want in the next um, decade of my life Um, everything about what they had said really landed with me and I was able to look at, um, hold on. So having the sponsor that has what you want and finding that person, you know, I was sitting there and I heard, I heard someone saying the things that like it just landed with me. I was like, she gets it. Just the way she spoke, even like literally the moment she got on that stage to give her qualification, I noticed her presence and her energy. And that was something that I was like, I want that kind of confidence and grace. Those are the specific qualities that I heard that I um, definitely wanted. So anyway, once I um, established that I was ready to have a sponsor, I reached out and I basically... (laughs) I basically, I don't want to say begged, but I, I really, really wanted to express to this person that I was dedicated. And um, in that process, what I learned from myself, because what her relationship with me is very personal and private and what we're doing is very like behind closed doors. But I want to say that there was this certain thing inside of me that said, I'm serious about this because I don't want to be where I was. And what what's important about that is that it was the first time in my sobriety path in this cumulative time that I've had sober of over three and a half years that I could say, yeah, I'm ready 
to let go of what I think I know of how to get and stay sober and just let you kind of tell me and teach me. Like I want to be a student to how to get sober from someone who's done it and has significant time sober. So anyway, um, so basically surrendering has been a huge part about my story lately and doing the, the spiritual work which involves going through the steps with the help of a sponsor is like my next evolution of of getting sober. And so I feel like this is like the way for me to stay in check with it. And so if you're someone who's out there and you're kind of like, I just don't know, I'm feeling like I can't do it on my own or you'll do three months and like maybe you pop in and out of a support group meeting, but you feel like you can't stay with it. Find your people and get a network and check in even when you don't feel like it. And I mean, get a sponsor. And even if you don't feel like you're ready to get a sponsor, I would say just try try to anyway because they're the ones who are going to say, hey, there are going to be days that you feel great, but that's just, that's, you're still supposed to check in and stay on top of your relationship with substance even when you feel amazing. It's not just when you feel dark and sad and you want to like pick up a drink or something. It's like having someone as a constant. And really quick before I go, I want to share a really um, deep story with you guys. And that is that, or like a moment of, of, of reality or of like being, um, being really honest and vulnerable with you about what this recovery path looks like for me. Because I know that I want to stay sober. I know that I need to stay sober. But I'm going to be perfectly honest with you. I've been tempted a lot. And I went to, I was at a bar, I was at an event, I should say, or um, a show, um, not that many nights ago. And it was over the weekend. And, you know, I don't want to drink. And I, I was not intending to drink. And I didn't drink. But I thought about it. And I was very, very close. I'll spare the details, but I'll say that I could smell the alcohol in the cup that was placed in front of me at this event, at this show. And I definitely thought about it. But the thing that stopped me was knowing that my sponsor was someone that I talked to before who I was going to be texting after and had a a phone call scheduled to call the next day. And the reason I didn't pick up and didn't relapse again is because of that sponsor. I literally just wanted to, to, to show up for her and I wanted to say, no, I'm serious about this. And I, and I believe you that there's going to be hard times and it's going to be tempting, but yeah, I mean, I just wanted to share that story with you because I want to say that it's not like you get to this point where you're just like, yeah, I'm good now and I can just be sober. It's it's a constant check-in and having the people to bounce off of and hold a mirror up to your behaviors is really, really integral and important. And it's been so important for me. And so as I go after these big goals as a runner, as a creator, as you know, everything that I'm pursuing in my life as a writer, storyteller... I think it is crucial to have that kind of um, sounding board. And so, yeah, that's that's basically my message for today. Uh, I have a sponsor and I'm really, really grateful. I can't even tell you. It feels just like such a gift. I, ca- I can't even begin to explain what it feels like as far as just like this foundation. So, 
if that's not enough um, to convince you that if you're struggling and you're teetering with the idea of having someone help you get and stay sober, um, I, I don't know what would, would be. But um, anyway, thanks so much for tuning into my show. You can find me um, on YouTube um, under my name, L-U-C-I-E-B-E-A-T-R-I-X. I'm posting my podcast as well as um, other little videos about training and my life. So go ahead and find me on YouTube. Um, And until next time, just be fast. Just win.